podcast. We haven't recorded a podcast in oh eight years. So <laughs> eight years. Wow. We're we're gonna get back at it. Kai Jesus, Carlin, man. Kelsey Witted. Uh I've been MIA for like the past like month. Uh Sixers obligations and Kels was in Arizona for his work obligations and Chris was sitting here twiddling his thumbs saying what the fuck when are we getting back at it like this is <laughs> you damn right I was yeah this, this, we, we've had too much going on we're not gonna be able to record one next week I gotta be in Philly for game three of Sixers Raptors so you know like we're gonna we, this is the only night we can record so we're taking advantage of it so there's gonna be a quick speed round of the uh, first round of the NBA playoffs to so start off in the Eastern Conference the Boston Celtics swept the Indiana Pacers Finished them off four games to none. Kyrie Irving, 22-8 and eight in this series, Kels. And it's really looking like the Celtics are beginning to gel at the, at the perfect time right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you you look at it. Like, Boston is a really good team. We all know this. We all know that they were, we're calling, you know, Boston to be one of those top teams that could possibly contest, uh, you know, to go to the finals. We all know this. And they happen to take advantage of a team, a good ball club, that's just missing their best player. I mean, I, I said this. I think that the series would have been a lot different if they still had Oladipo running. But again, you got to still go out there and take care of business. They was able to get two at home and obviously get two on the road. Great for the Celtics. This is great momentum for them to go in the second round. Agreed. Uh, but on Indiana's part, I feel like <laughs> if, if Victor Oladipo uh, played and if Oladipo was able to get out there and actually do something, then for sure, I, I feel like you know, Arizona would have gotten a game or two. Um, actually, not Arizona. My bad. I had the NFL draft up on Indiana. my phone. Indiana. Indiana would would have gotten a game or two. So, the Pacers moving forward. Do you begin to really question your decision to give Miles Turner that contract? Absolutely. I mean, you look at you look at Miles Turner. He really didn't give you, you know, production that really weighs out that contract. I mean, um, you really look at it. I mean. The future of this team is is Bogdanovich, obviously Old Depot, that's a given, and and Demonte Sabonis. No, I love I love Sabonis coming for him, scoring off the bench, um, and I love I love Bogdanovich just because, you know, he stepped up as far as um the scoring output once Old Depot went down. But you know, Miles Turner, you would think that he was going to make that step forward. He's in what year four, year four now in the league, like. And he, he, he's, he's oozing, like, talent. It's just the fact that he's never tapped into it. And at this point, I think Indiana, you have to look at to moving on from Miles Turner because you're not going to extend him for good dollar. You know, only going to get minimal production. You just can't do it. Yeah. So, As I say, there comes a point in time you got to look at Miles and be like, dude, you gave me nine and six in this playoff series with Boston. Really? Uh, and I get it. Al Horford is an elite defender. But nine and six, my guy, this, that can't happen. He's going to make $18 million next year. His contract extension kicks in next year. So, I mean, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, Miles, you got to give us something, bro. Like, I, I don't know. Like, They're going to have some issues that they're definitely going to have to work out. Um, on Boston's side. Kyrie played very well this series, as did Jason Tatum, as did Jalen Brown, as did Al Horford. Um, really, as did Marcus Morris, too. That whole Celtic team, Gordon Hayward, the Celtics are beginning to gel at this right time. They're beginning to look like that team a lot of team, a lot of prognosticators had, the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. I went with Toronto. I still feel solid with my Toronto pick just because of Kawhi Leonard. But 
Boston's beginning to look like that team, and their next series with the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be off the chain because they went seven games last year, and Milwaukee it wasn't even as good as they are now. And Boston's beginning to gel. I can't wait to kick off Bucks Celtics on Sunday. Yeah, it's that's going to be a really entertaining series. You're having you know, Milwaukee Bucks, who are one of the best defensive teams in the league. Improved. Not just defensive teams, teams overall. Well, yeah, yeah, overall. Well, I was just saying they improved immensely offensively. They did, and and you have a Boston who's as one of the deepest teams in the league. We all know, we all know what kind of offense they can produce, and we also know what kind of defense they can play. This this series of Milwaukee and Boston is going to be probably one of the most interesting second round matchups that I could think of in a long time. Yeah, it's going to be but a lot of really, fun to watch. Really, really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, the fact that – what do we say about Milwaukee? It's shooting a Milwaukee that's really going to be their 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 ride or die. And but the thing is that they have shooting now. They do. They have shooting and, now. I mean, they got Miritich back in the series with it, Detroit. You know, and Miritich, then, they, they obviously have Chris Middleton, who's first-time All-Star this year. Like, they're missing Malcolm Brogdon, and then that's going to kind of be uh, – like a, a big factor in this series, not so much against the Pistons because the Pistons aren't the Celtics. You can get away with that, but the, like the Celtics, you're you're going to need Malcolm Brogdon to be back at some point in this series. I know for a fact he's already going to miss the first two games for sure. Uh, but after that, you really need to hope that Brogdon can come back at least for Game Four at the very least. Uh, speaking of the Bucks, they they took care of the Detroit Pistons four games to none. They're uh, in a sweep. It's the first playoff series win for the Bucks since 2001. Kelsey, can you name three players off that Bucks team from 2001? Uh, Sam Cassell, Ray Allen, uh, the Charles Sprewell. Nope. That's Minnesota, bro. Dang it. Uh, you got two right. Yeah, I know I got two right because those are the two that stayed in my mind. Um, I, I'm, I'm shot after that. Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Glenn Robinson. Okay. Uh, D- Darvin Ham was on that team. Yeah, I would definitely wouldn't have guessed that. My man Darvin Ham, he's actually an assistant coach with the Bucks now. So it's been a while since the Bucks have gotten out of the first round. It's been a very, very long time. They were wearing the purple jerseys at that time, man. Remember, remember when the Bucks had purple jerseys? Yeah, I remember them back in the day. Yeah, Where, you, you know, the, the, it was a purple and then with the white. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some weird, weird coloring, color schemes that the Bucks try to bring out. So the Bucks finished off the Pistons. It was an uphill battle for Detroit from the start. They snuck into the playoffs as an eight seed on the final day of the regular season. On top of that, they didn't have Blake Griffin for the first two games because of the knee injury. And then Blake came back game three and played on one leg, basically. And he scored 27 points in game three. He scored 22 points in game four. It just was not enough uh, for, for Detroit to even have a chance with Milwaukee. They needed Blake Griffin to be fully healthy. And even then, it was really a long shot for the Pistons. So, um I think Giannis really took a step forward in that series, though, Kelsey. Even though it, it was a sweep and it was just Detroit, the way Giannis dominated that playoff series was, was very impressive. Yeah, man. You know, he he came out, really showed out like we what I expected because really Detroit didn't have any answer for Giannis. And, but that's the thing. Good teams, you have to go out and show out even against lesser talent. And that's exactly what Giannis did. He was a walking bucket. No one can defend him, and I can see that that he's going to try to do the same thing in the next series because, realistically speaking, it's going to be a tough matchup for anyone against Giannis oh, throughout the, throughout this whole league. So, 
Uh, I you know I expect Giannis to obviously have a big series next next series, but you know he showed up in the first round. All right, Bucks Raptors prediction. Bucks, I mean, dude, Bucks Celtics. I'm messing up right now. Bucks Celtics prediction. Ooh man, Bucks Celtics. I mean, I I think that series goes seven just from virtue of how good both of these teams are. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I think that uh, it'll probably be Milwaukee. Milwaukee in seven. Taking the Celtics in seven because the Celtics got Uncle Drew. And when Kyrie Irving is at his best, like he's been playing at right now, Kels, the Celtics are that much tougher to beat. Jason Tatum shot 53% from three in the series with Indiana. So if Tatum could continue that shooting prowess and, and Kyrie is going to continue to be Kyrie, uh, it's going to go seven games. It's going to be fun watching Kyrie and Giannis go at it, but I'm taking Boston because of Kyrie. And, and that's fair because you really look at it, that's the one closer that's in the series. Yeah. Like there's there's really no one else out, you know, on the floor for both teams that is a legitimate closer. Giannis hasn't Giannis hasn't developed that yet. Giannis a lot of times fades in the, like the clutch moments of the fourth quarter. So that's fair. And and you know what? It may just come down to that. Um and uh but I really think that there's there's no way the series doesn't go seven. Yeah, I think for sure it will go seven. Those two teams are really good. Oh, and the other side of the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers knocked off the Brooklyn Nets four games to one in their first-round playoff series. Brooklyn did take game one, give them credit, but the Sixers were just supremely talented, uh, better coaching, better depth, better everything else, uh, and more superstars. So Sixers were, were able to get it done uh, at, at that moment in time. So Sixers-Nets, what, what, what pointed out to you for, on, in that series? I mean, what pointed out to me was – how Brooklyn had a lot of fight. I mean, Brooklyn definitely didn't lay down to the Sixers. It was very entertaining um, series, even though it was only five games. Um, Brook, it was awesome to see Brooklyn get that game one, steal game one. That was unexpected. It was hard for me to do my job that night, though. Players don't like talking after losses. That's fair, <laughs> and that's fine. But, you know, it was really entertaining to see Brooklyn really get that first game. But Philadelphia came up, they stepped up, and they realized that, you know, this team had our number all year. We're going to get them in the playoffs when it matters. And that's exactly what they did. Agreed. Um, you know, Ben Simmons played really well. Joel Embiid played pretty well. You, and Tobias Harris was actually really, really good in that series. He shot 50% from three, 50% from the floor overall. Just Tobias Harris was able to finally get out of a slump. He was slumping so hard going into the playoffs. And then he didn't really play all that well in the first couple of games before he broke through, actually, in Brooklyn. So give Tobias Harris a lot of credit. Um, give the Nets credit, too. D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, Kelsey, actually became the first Net to score 25-plus in consecutive playoff games since Vince Carter in 2007. So Karis LeVert out here making some moves. I mean, if Karis LeVert didn't get hurt and missed majority of the year, I mean, look at what the Nets could have been. As they could have been the five. Like, they could have been the five seed. They could have been a little bit better. But you know what, man? As we all say, they're on the rise. The Brooklyn Nets are on the rise. I have I'm totally comfortable right now with the Brooklyn Nets. And moving forward, I think they're gonna be they're still gonna be a good club. Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I'm not until like I said, I'm not really the biggest quote unquote really believer in uh D'Angelo Russell, but that's that 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 is for a, another podcast. So the Nets do need size, though, Kels, yes? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Jerry Allen got bullied. And, and I mean, the, the one of the very end plays of the series, he pretty much got the ball ripped out of his hands. That's a weight room thing. 
That's he, just that's you getting in the gym and getting stronger, B. Yeah. I mean, I like Jared Allen. I like his fight. I mean, he, he definitely gives you production, gives you effort, and that's something that that you know not everyone gives. He definitely puts his heart out in line, but yeah, he they, they need size because Jared Allen. He doesn't have it. And it's not like I, I don't like Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen's going to be, in my opinion, a pretty good uh, M- NBA player as a whole. But just that that series with Philadelphia showed me that he has so much work to do. And, I mean, he got destroyed by both Embiid, which, you know, everybody gets destroyed by Embiid. So, I mean, no big deal. But Bobon came in and he couldn't match up. Brooklyn couldn't match up with Boban, whether they went with Allen or they tried to go small around it, Hollis Jefferson didn't work. So they need some size this offseason. Uh, the Toronto Raptors knocked off the Orlando Magic four games to one. But Kelsey, the Raptors keep losing game ones, dude. I think they're now 2-11 and 11 in game ones in their franchise history. And uh, losing game one at home to the Magic, not a good look, especially with your all-star point guard Kyle Lowry going 0 for 7 from the floor and getting outplayed by DJ fucking Augustine. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, this is inexcusable. I mean... I, I like Kyle Lowry, but this has been the 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 story of Kyle career. Lowry for his whole career, really. In the playoffs, he goes just MIA at times. So when you really look at it, man, I, I just hope that uh that Kyle Lowry could be able to get some consistency because I mean he did bounce back. That's fine. But when you gonna make this big run, you know, let's say you happen to get the finals, you can't have these you know, goose egg games. I mean, a goose egg, like zero points. Against DJ fucking Augustine. I mean, against DJ Augustine, but but zero points in any game? Yeah. Zero? Not good. Come on. It's not a good look. And I mean, the Magic, give the Magic credit for fighting. Aaron Gordon, I thought, played well in the series. Augustine was okay. Nikola Vucevic was not good at all. I mean, Vucevic was an all-star player in the offseason, excuse me, in the regular season in the Magic. He was basically nothing in the playoffs. I think he averaged 11 and 8. And the Magic were not going to win unless Vucevic was at his very best. So, I mean, give Orlando a lot of credit. Orlando uh, got to the playoffs where a lot of people, including us, really did not give them a- any type of shot. Uh, I certainly didn't. I know you didn't because you just you, you just hate the Magic for some reason. You I don't just, hate the Magic. I just really didn't. Yeah, but you had them winning like 13 games out of out of. I, know, I joke, know you were man. joking, but they, I knew they were going to win at least 35, 36 games. Look, like it's, look, it's just the the fact that nothing really impresses me of the Magic except Vucevic, Gordon. We talked about Gordon. You you personally had a rant about Aaron Gordon. Yeah, uh, how no. he's overrated. He is overrated, but I mean, he's he like he averages fifteen and seven. The reason why I I, I thought that he I think he's overrated is because like of where he was he was drafted fourth overall in the Magic. We're expecting him to be their franchise savior. He's, he's done nothing in Orlando, like you know, besides besides throw, throw down some flashy dunks. You know what I'm saying? So like that's why I kind of went off on him like that. Um, for Toronto, give Pascal Siakam a ton of credit. That kid has. You know what, Kels? I think Pascal Siakam's like a top 25 player already. Yeah, I mean, he's, in my opinion, a lock for most improved player. Yeah, it, he, it's he's him. definitely a lock. I mean, Pascal Siakam at one point was like one of those key bench players for um, for um, Toronto, and he has evolved into a starter yeah, he's that a they starter. can rely on, and he goes out and gets buckets. He does. So, so I mean, give, give him a lot of credit for really taking his development and just going with it. And here we are. I still think, 
I mean, Kai, I know you said that, oh, he's a starter. He already goes against buckets. How you can you still call him an X-Factor? I still think he's an X-Factor because the fact that he gives you that third scoring, that, th- that third scoring. To be honest for, with you, he's a second scorer now at this point. Well, I get it because of Kyle Lowry, but you expect that Kyle Lowry will be able to score so that it will be Kawhi Leonard, um, Kyle Lowry, and then Pascal Siakam, which is like, whoa, Pascal Siakam? That's crazy. So um, I, I give him a lot. I give him a lot of credit, a lot of credit. All right, so next series will be the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers in round two. We're just going to touch on that real quick. Uh, ben Simmons has a lot of turnover issues when it comes to uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, in the three, the, the Sixers and the Raptors matched up four times this year, you know, division rivals. And in the three games Kawhi Leonard played, Ben Simmons committed 24 turnovers. 24. Those were all Raptor wins. In the one game Kawhi Leonard didn't play, Ben Simmons committed only one turnover, and coincidentally, Kels, that's the one Sixers win uh, against the Raptors in the regular season. I think Philadelphia has a shot just because of how talented that starting five of Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid is. But the Raptors just are awesome, man. I I think the Raptors are and it's from top to bottom, just terrific. The way they move the ball, the way they play, the amount of talent they have between Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Jeremy Lin. You know what I'm saying? I just named, eight, I think, eight, nine guys who can go in there and, and contribute right away. And the Sixers don't really have a good bench. You're not going to be able to play Bobon in this series just because of the fact that Toronto has a lot of stretch big men and the and Bobon can't go out on the perimeter and defend those guys, and and then, then that's a problem. That, that that is a big problem. So I'm going to take the Raptors in six. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raptors in six as well. Um, I think Philadelphia will get some games at home just because they do really do show out at home. They do. They do play well. Um, but overall, man. I, I really look at Toronto. They're way too deep. I mean, this 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 really looks like a Toronto team that cut off of the Spurs, like the the, the Spurs way. Really deep, move the ball around. They have guys they can count on for days. Like, I mean, they, this is really like Spurs basketball at its finest. Exactly. You really have to really appreciate what what they brought to the to the to the floor and. Then, the way Leonard impacts the game, Kels, not only on the defensive end, but the offensive end as well. Kawhi Leonard's a, he's a he's an animal. He's a beast. Um, so you have Bucks in seven, you have Raptors in six, so you have a Bucks Raptors Eastern Conference final. That's that, awesome. That'd be interesting. Well, well, not only well, not only will it be the Raptors second time back uh to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks haven't been there since 01. But but I'm just saying for the end of the Bucks haven't been there forever. Yeah. And Realistically, when you look at the markets of the of the NBA in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee's one of the smaller markets, so to speak. And Toronto, I mean Toronto is a big I mean it's a big city. And I think that overall Toronto's becoming a larger market. In a way, but yeah. in a way, but Milwaukee's still a small market. So it's awesome to, and you know how I love I always love those second-tier teams or those smaller markets that are developing into something bigger. I'm telling you right now, man, one day we're going to get a Jazz Bucks NBA Finals. Utah versus Milwaukee. No comment. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Western Conference real quick. Um, 
The Houston Rockets finished off the Utah Jazz four games to one. James Harden did his thing, Kels, but I think one thing we really need to look at is Eric Gordon. Not only did Eric Gordon provide offense, but man, did he put the clamps on Donovan Mitchell for the most part in that series. Yeah, I mean, he he came out and showed out. I mean, you know, he he and, and you know what? And I'll also give credit to PG Tucker because PG Tucker is also one of those defensive stands for this team. They overall did a, did a very nice job. Very nice job of being able to to handle Donovan Mitchell, um, and and keep him to really struggle. I mean, the fact that like just a highlight of what kind of defense that they that the Rockets could do. Just literally in the like the last like last couple possessions within less than a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter, back to back turnovers yeah. when the Utah Jazz needed a bucket. Even That's, when. Even when Gobert was going off for a dunk late in Game Five, he got oh he got stripped by James Harden by by James Harden, and you know that that's that's Harden. It, it's incredible. I mean, the Rockets have actually really transformed into a, a team that can play well on both ends of the floor. And when you're getting you know the open looks that PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon are knocking down, and you still got the point god Chris Paul, like Houston's got a shot. They legitimately do. I've been saying it for all, literally all season. The Rockets were still my pick to really give. Uh, Golden State a run for their money in, in the Western Conference. De- definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on moving forward between – and Clint Capella, too. And with DeMarcus Cousins out for the playoffs, Kels, Clint Capella is going to make a huge impact when they eventually do match up with oh, the yeah, Warriors. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, Clint Capella is going to have that that matchup against Andrew Bogut, and that that's a really good matchup. I mean, uh, you know, Kevin with Kevin Looney, I mean, Kevin Looney can, is a little bit more athletic. Kevon. Kevon Looney. Um, I, I think he's a little bit more athletic, so I think that would be a little bit more of a better matchup against Clint Capella. So I think that Looney will get a little, little bit more minutes in in that matchup, but still, eventually you're going to have Capella and the Manimal against Andrew Bogut offensively. That's going to be a really good matchup that they could be able to uh, really exploit there. Exactly. There's going to be like a lot of. Uh, mixing and matching that the Rockets can throw with the Warriors. Uh, on the other, sorry, on the, another um, Western Conference first round matchup that is all wrapped up. The Portland Trailblazers knocked off the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, four games to one. And uh, Kels, is it time to really look at Russell Westbrook and be like, eh, I man, I don't know if you can guide us the way you you know you think you can. I mean, look, a lot of people has been barking up that tree for the past three years, and. And it's fair to say, because again, Oklahoma City is too talented to be bounced out in the first round. They're way too talented. I mean, you have Russell Westbrook who's going out there, get you triple doubles in the regular season. And when the record, I saw the record with the uh, with the, the, the Thunder when Russell Westbrook gets a triple double. They're like 107 and 30. Like something really absurd, a record when he goes out and gets triple doubles. So... He's going out facilitating scoring for you. You obviously add a Paul George next to him. And what's it after that? You would think Jeremy Grant may have been that next per that next person to step up for them. I thought the addition of Marquise Morris was great. I mean, these I mean, you still have Dennis Schroeder, who is actually your third best scorer on the team if you actually look at the numbers. You know, he was. He was the third best scorer. And then you, you know. Steven Adams is just out there being Steven Adams. He's a he's him and Paul George are like the two people like really getting the job done and doing it consistently. Like we all we all see Russell Westbrook. Sure, he could go out there and give you the, the triple doubles, but he happens to go through stretches where he can't buy a basket. 
Like, I've never seen someone that can shoot but can't shoot. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Because, like, because you're right, and, he'll and have he stretches. open looks, too. People actually allow Westbrook to hit a three, like, to shoot well, threes. Well, you want him shooting threes rather than Paul George. Oh, yeah, I get it. But the thing is, again, I've never seen somebody that can shoot that can't shoot. Because Russell Westbrook can hit those shots. You know, when he gets going, when he gets on fire, he can just be, like, unconscious like anyone else in the league. But it's just he just hasn't caught fire. You know, you know what's insane though. Like going over to the Portland side, <coughs> going over to the Portland side, Damian Lillard averaged thirty-three. You got twenty-four out of CJ McCollum. You actually had, I think, five Blazers averaging double figures in that series. Could you imagine if, um, you Yusuf Nurkic was healthy? I mean, look, and I've said this already on the show. People were looking at that that game, that game five winner that Damian Lillard hit. Obviously, that capped a 50-point night. I think the next best score, I think it only had like 16 points. He barely did not have CJ McCollum the whole game because of foul trouble. Um, and a lot of people are dipping in the sauce like, hey, the Blazers may go to the finals. I'm like, whoa. Or or they may give the, the Blazers a puncher's chance against against Golden State, and that's fair. But I'm not going to dip in the sauce and saying that the Blazers go to the finals. That was an amazing performance that Dame Lillard ended up putting out against the against the Thunder, but they still have to go against their next round opponent, which is still yet to be determined because Denver is still 3-2, which is actually, they're playing right now. San Antonio's got a like an eight-point lead against Denver right now. But let's just say... Well, with Nurkic, they were my dark horse. Remember, I kept saying it. because oh, like, yeah, with, with Nurkic, that's fine. Well, well, because it felt like, it feels like the Blazers actually have depth now. You know, it feels like you can actually go to their, like Portland can go to their bench. Oh yeah. They pick up the Rodney hood throughout the year. Yeah, that was, thought, that was thought, a great, great move. I thought Rodney hood was, was terrific. I thought that that addition was awesome. And then you have to love the, the fact that guys like Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino, two guys who we really get on a lot and rightfully so, but those two young men have stepped up in a big way. Yeah. I mean, you go even further in the bench. I've always liked Myers Leonard. I, uh, I haven't. I mean, I I mean that's fair for you to say, but like, if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan or you're within the Portland Trailblazers organization, you're comfortable going to Myers Leonard. You know, you're comfortable going to guys like you like Lehman. You know, what I'm saying like, if they had still had use of Nurkic, yeah, they would just make their odds just that much better. But if they happen to play Denver next round with or without Nurkic, that's still going to be a tough series for them because. Denver gives him fits. Denver give everybody fits in the Western Conference, really, to be honest with you. So, yeah. I mean, I, I just would like their, their chances much better because Yusuf Nurkic was giving you, like, what, 16 and 7 a night? And that's exactly what you want. And let me, and before before I wrap up, let me give credit to Ennis Kanter because Ennis Kanter, which I thought that pickup was genius for them, this man hey, is out too. here hurt with a hurt shoulder, going out, putting his body on the line, Giving you production, 13 points, like third. I think he finished with 13 to 13, actually. And this man was hurt with a shoulder. He was literally in a press conference, his shoulder wrapped up with a wrap in ice. Like, give give so much I give so much credit to Ennis Kanter. And how many times have we ripped Ennis Kanter since OKC, since the New York Knicks, the whole the whole nine? This guy is producing for the Blazers right now. Yeah, he's playing really well for them. Like, without a doubt. And I remember, like, I said it the day they, they acquired him. Uh, I was like, listen, this guy right here, 
Ooh. I said that was a good pickup for them. Like I said, such an underrated pickup. So underrated because he can score and he can rebound. And remember, we talk about all the time who's going to be that third guy to help Dame and CJ and enter NS Canter. And it, well, first off, it was Nurkic. Well, yeah, it was Nurkic. It was Nurkic, but they were able to find his replacement with Ennis Canter and man, basically not lose a step. Such a shame about Nurkic. It, it, it upsets me, man. A, a, anywho. Uh, moving on to the two series that aren't quite finished yet. Like you said, Denver leads San Antonio three games to two in that series. Game six is happening right now in the, the AT&T Center. San Antonio does have the lead right now, Kelsey, but there's still a lot of time. You have to give the Nuggets a lot of credit. They were down two games to one, inexperienced team on the road, and they were able to go into San Antonio, a place that really has been a house of horrors for the Nuggets in recent years, and they were able to pull out a game four win behind Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and then took game five. Um, a little disappointed in Spurs because they haven't featured DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge enough. They just haven't. I mean, yeah, throughout this whole series, they really haven't featured them. I mean, I, I really look at DeMar DeRozan and, and LaMarcus Aldridge as the, the kings of mid-range. I would have also put Dwayne Wade in there, but he obviously is retired. Yeah. Um, you know, but right now, I mean, actually LaMarcus Aldridge has gotten to a good start in the first quarter. I think he's already got 13 points. So, exactly what what i called for um lamarcus aldridge to have a good start but yeah i mean you would think that your two best players on the san antonio spurs right now you would think in the first four games you would have featured them a lot more i mean in game five man i mean i think stats wise they both combined for i think like 30 something points but you would have never thought you would have never thought that they were out there um really for the whole game because of just how much of a non-factor they really were offensively yeah, it was just, it was it was really bad, and I do think San Antonio wins Game Six. I do, but I picked the Nuggets in seven, so I I, I think Denver gets it done in Game Seven. They're going to move on to face Portland. That's going to be a really good matchup. If only Nurkic didn't get hurt, robbed us of Nurkic versus Jokic for one series. That would that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you thinking about former teammates, obviously in Denver. Nurkic talked a lot of shit. He, after getting he, traded. He, he talked a lot of stuff, and it was funny. The, actually, the very first matchup. That the that Yusuf Nurkic had against the Nuggets, he ended up dropping thirty and ended up beating them. Yeah. So there's obviously history there. Obviously with uh, Plumlee being a long time stand with the with the Trailblazers, obviously producing well for the Nuggets off the bench. I mean, there's a lot of ties in this series. That would have been a lot of fun. That would have been Nurkic a lot of fun. <laughs> Excuse Jesus me. Christ, I still think drink some water, man. I'll get water in a little bit, but um, it's still it's still going to be an entertaining sell series. But Yusuf Nurkic would have put the cherry on top. Would have been a lot of fun. It would have been a lot of fun. But I'm still going to be. That's still going to be one of the, again a really good second round matchup. Um, again, it's just what the playoffs produce, man. Like, thank God, because the first round has been a little bit of a snoozer outside of the. Uh, I mean, not for us because we hardcore fans, but for the casual fan, they probably don't give a shit about this. Yeah, man. Uh, well, yeah, it's not like the one year where we had like game sevens all over the place. 2014. Yeah, I love 2014. That year, was man. so much fun. Uh, okay. One final series to kind of uh, talk about, and then we'll wrap it up. The Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Clippers somehow still going. They're going into a game six. We, we don't know how. They, some, somehow the Clippers with no all-stars are are challenging the the, the damn Warriors right now. So uh, the Clippers won game two. They were down 31 points, and they rallied to win. And then they, were, they lost both games at home. They go back to the Bay down three games to one, and they go into Oakland and beat the Warriors again to, to force a game six over at Staples Center. So... Gotta give Doc Rivers, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, 
Danilo Gallinari, Pat Bev, that whole entire organization deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, man. They, they, there's a buzz around Los Angeles. They really feel like they, they and can it's win not this about, series. And it's not about the Lakers either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, meaning the Clippers, like, within that organization, they really believe that they can win this series. I mean, just like just hearing Doc Rivers address his team after, you know, a big win, and they, they, they really believe that they can beat the Warriors, which is amazing. The fact that, obviously, they traded away uh, Blake Griffin, they traded away Tobias Harris. Um, you know, this team... You were thinking that they were going to push the reset button, and no, they go make a push to the playoffs. They're sitting at the AC. They're sitting there right here, three two. They're they're playing with house money. Like the the fact that they're sitting at three two right now, and the shit the, the series is about to shift back to LAC. Like this this is the fact that they won. Obviously, coming back down thirty one, they obviously got the win last night to push extend the series to six. Like this is amazing. I mean. I actually, honestly, wouldn't surprise me if this goes seven. If uh, if the Clippers can be able to win win Game Six on their home floor, go back to Oracle Game Seven, and we'll see what happens. I, I don't think so at that point. I, I feel like Golden State's going to go into into L. A. And, and beat that's by like what my mind believes. My heart says something, and my mind says something else. But my he, mind says that he, they're going to get destroyed in Game Six. Here's the thing, though. I think the reason why they lost Game Five was simply for the fact that they were up three one, got lazy, and looked ahead to Houston. Now that the Clippers brought them back to earth and said, hey, man, we're still here, that now they're going to be like, oh, shit, we still got business to take care of. I'm just going to beat them by 40. Yeah, and that's exactly what they need. They need they they need one of those really smack, smack you in the mouth kind of wins just so that the fact that they can get themselves ready for the next the next uh, series. Because if, if they come out with one of those grit and grind, like two-point wins, I got news for you. Golden State, Golden State could be on the chopping block as far as getting knocked off by one of the teams before they get to the finals. So they they really need to come out with a really large. They need like a forty point Steph Curry night, a thirty point KD night, and a twenty point like Clay Thompson night. Like they need all three of those guys to all go off for them to really uh, clean the slate of this series because you know we all did not expect the Clippers to win two games of this series. We thought this was going to be a sweep over and four. Yeah. I, or I, over and three, I like to say. Over and three. Over and three. Yeah, I, I didn't think that they would have a shot like at all. So, got to give him credit. But I do think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, you know, Draymond Green, that entire team, I think I just, I think that they, uh, they, they looked ahead. And um, the, the Clippers brought him back down to earth and said, hey, man, we are still here. So I think they're going to be ready to go game six and blow them out by 40. So that is about all the time we have today because we got shit to do. So for Kelsey Witted, my guy, I know you're watching the Nuggets. Right now. Give, give us one more Nuggets update before we end up this podcast. man. Currently right now, the San Antonio Spurs hold a seven point lead over the Nuggets around 840 in the second quarter. Um, so Denver's still hanging in, man. I mean, despite a good start, good shooting start from LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs um, overall, the Denver Nuggets are still ha- hanging in. And that's all you can ask for all in this can. game six. Hang in. Because when it starts getting late, you go on that nice run and you go, you just go ahead and steal a game. Hey, man, cl- closeout games are always the toughest, especially when you got to go on the road. Especially when you got to go on the road. As a team that's very, very inexperienced, it's really their first playoff run. Just, just hang in there, Denver. Hang in there. All right, so for Kelsey Witted. For our amazing producer and 
really a patient man, Chris Tomasello. I'm Kaya Carlin. We're out. We'll try not to wait eight years to record another podcast. Have a good one. This has been a 8th Hour Production.